Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Core Anesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com. Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. I'm Cole here with Tanner, and today we are so excited to bring on a guest speaker. We have Jenny from CRNA School Prep Academy here with us today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. But uh, Tanner, do you just kind of want to introduce the the topic that we want to talk to um, our audience today, just about more the the preloading of school? What what are the things that you can do to help you get into school? Do you just kind of want to introduce that topic before we let Jenny jump into her content? Absolutely. So we've had so many people reach out to us asking questions about, you know, what should I do to prepare myself for school? What are things that I could change? Maybe I didn't get into school the first time. What are things I can do differently? And, you know, you guys that listen to our podcast, you know, that our drive or our passion is is education and, and how to help you learn as you go through school. And so we wanted to, you know, bring in an expert and bring in Jenny to talk to you guys about, okay, what are things that you can do to really make yourself successful for school? So Jenny, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about, you know, what you do, who you are, what you're, uh, where you're practicing, all those types of things. And we're just really excited to get into this topic today with you. Yeah. Thanks, Tanner. I appreciate it. And thank you, Cole. Yeah. So my name is Jenny Fennell. I've been a CRNA for going on nine and a half years. And I currently am a pediatric CRNA. I love babies, like just love to snuggle all the cute little fat rolls. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at now in life. Um, I was an open heart CRNA for four and a half years with adults. And that was my first passion. I still love open heart. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Um, probably back in 2018, I got on social media for the first time and called myself Jenny CRNA. Um, I started getting DMs, a lot of DMs <laughs> asking like, how did you become a CRNA? So I started handing out my cell phone number. Before I know it, I had, you know, 10 or 15 people messaging me all the time. Like, oh, I'll just start a Facebook group. And really kind of as the story goes, that group grew by word of mouth. Um, I was reaching out to my colleagues, um, different program faculty that I was friends with and really trying to dive into these, these nurses. They were having all these problems and roadblocks and facing a lot of challenges. And I just wanted to help. So that's kind of where this all started. And when it got to be, you know, 20 plus hours a week of my time and I was working 40 hours a week, we had two little kids. I'm like, whoa, holy snikes. Like I need to figure out how to do this more full time so I can put more of my effort and time into it and really make this a real thing. And so that's when uh, Sierra School Prep Academy was born, which is a membership site where you um, go in, whether you're in the planning phase, whether you're still in high school, whether you're just in nursing school, whether you're already in the ICU, we really help you understand this entire journey from the planning application interview and all the way up into when you start your program. We really help students who, once they gain acceptance, we also um, help them start their program on the right foot and brush up on things like physics, chemistry, and, and pharmacology and things of that nature. So we kind of holistically look at the student and the reason why this developed is because I love connecting with our students, our, our, the nurses that are in our academy. I love listening to your pain points. I love sharing your successes and your fears and your hopes and your dreams. And I ultimately remember being in your shoes and what it was like to feel like you needed help and you would look at every corner to try to find someone. So that is essentially what CSBA does. We help you through that pathway. And I would love to share with you guys five major steps you can do to really get yourself on the right track. I love it. And this is something that, you know, just for me personally, when I was starting to apply for CRNA school, it's daunting. You have 
all the requirements, you have, you know, all of the stories that you've heard of, of CRNA school, all the horror stories, all of the, you know, rigorous X, Y, and Z. And it just felt like there was this like huge weight. And then there was nobody in my corner or nobody that was helping me to get there. I just felt like it was, I had to meet all of these standards and, and try to get into this daunting CRNA school. So for you to have this resource essentially that is you have all these things that you can be in that person's corner and help them get through the whole application process. And then, like you said, help as you go through school uh, with resources. I love it. It's just, I think it's so important. And I genuinely hope that that's where you're at in your process, where you are wanting to go to school, just that you know, you're not alone and there are resources available to you. And I hope that today you'll listen up because this is so helpful. Just really pumped that you're here, Jenny. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So we'll get right into it. So step one, this may seem really basic, but this goes into a lot more detail, which again, I I probably can't cover all of it today, um, but I'm going to share with you kind of some big overviews of what you need to think about, which is researching your schools. And then you're like, okay, we already did that. But what I find is a lot of students, depending on how many schools they're actually applying to, this can become a very, very big task. And the mistake I see a lot of students make, especially if they're applying to four or five plus schools, is they start to make generalized statements about schools. They start to make assumptions about schools, meaning, well, if this school wants this and this school wants that, and this school probably also wants that and probably also. So they they kind of start putting them all in general buckets. And that's mistake number one. You have to understand that every single CRNA school is very unique. Yeah, there are similarities, but there's also very unique aspects of what they're looking for in their candidates. And you have to make sure that you're priming yourself for those unique attributes. Uh, So understanding how they differ and how they're the same is really key. Um, The other pitfall I see students make is they don't connect with their schools early enough, meaning they don't go to open houses. They don't, you know, ask questions. They, They just ask questions for maybe peers or people who are also applying, but maybe they don't even know. So they're getting misguidance and not knowingly misguided, but because people make assumptions and they share it with their peers, everyone goes by the assumptions and they're all wrong. And so you really don't, it's always best to ask. And sometimes also you won't get feedback from these schools. Now, keep in mind, it's not like the schools are trying to be mean or they don't want to help you, but know that some of these schools get four to 500 applicants per application cycle. They are a full-time faculty. They teach They're not there glued to their computer all day to answer questions. And a lot of these schools will have um, administration or admin assistance kind of thing, or like, uh, I forget what they call them, I'm blanking on the name, but they can help you, but they give you very general advice because they are not the ones making the decisions. They're not the ones accepting you to school. They do know a lot of information, but they also are not the program faculty who are the ones making the decisions. So really the best way, again, going to open houses, taking advantage of that, sending emails, but being thoughtful when you do that, you're not slamming them with like 10, 10 different emails, be concise and to the point. Don't send them a book of questions, but, you know, again, talking to current students is another really good way of also getting some of your questions answered. So researching your schools, understanding, you know, what their requirements are and the role they're going to play in your decision to apply there or not. Like what, what are their prereqs, for example? What do you have as an undergrad? Maybe you only have Gen Chem, but they require OCHEM. Are you willing to take OCHEM? So being understanding of maybe some schools are going to have more of a challenge and more of a barrier for you than others is really step number one. Step number two is knowing your weaknesses and strengths. This is really hard when you play the comparison game because you send, instead of focusing on yourself, you focus on other people and what they have. And then you say, well, I have to have that too versus focusing on 
who am I? What do I have to offer? And even though I may not have what that person has, I have something unique to me. I have a strength. And what is that? And I also have weaknesses. So what are those? And sometimes it's hard to gauge where you're at with that, especially I know speaking from myself when I was younger in my 20s, which is when I applied to CRNA school. I don't get me wrong. I was an adult. <laughs> you're an adult. I'm not saying that at all. But now being in my mid thirties, I also know that my, I've had a lot more time to reflect. I've had a lot more time to think and in a way that's not about me in a way that's like, gosh, who am I, who am I to other people? Because, you know, now we have children and, and, you know, the relationships you build with your spouse, your significant others, you really start to think about who am I to you and how can I be of service? And when you're younger, it's more about like, you know, what can help me, what can help me versus how, and don't get me wrong. I think it's just a, a, a maturity thing. And I think that you don't always, I didn't think I was like that, but I, I think looking back, I was, but I think what I'm trying to point out is not that it's just, you need time to reflect on that. And sometimes the best way to reflect when you're younger is to actually ask other people for that insight to say, Hey, you know, what is it about me that you don't like? What is it about me that I could improve upon? And I actually asked one of my girlfriends the same question recently, because I was trying to get some insight. Like what, if you, what would you say my, one of my weaknesses are? And they actually said that I, you know, while I was an incredibly hard worker that I, I tended to like take on more than I, than I, than I should. And I'm like, oh, ouch, that does hurt because yes, I totally do. And I'm like, oh, so that was very insightful for me that, wow, maybe this means I don't set boundaries. I don't know how to say no. I say yes all the time. And before you know it, I'm suffering. I'm doing too much. And so that was a very eye-opening moment, but it was very helpful for me because now I do set those boundaries. I do say no, and it doesn't feel good to say no, but asking people for what your weaknesses are gives you insight on how you can make those improvements. So Getting to know yourself, getting to know your strengths and your weaknesses is really step number two. Jenny, I wanted to I wanted to just say one thing of that I just wanted to reiterate that you said it was just so good. But the on step one, getting to know people in open houses, mm. you know, in an informal uh, setting. And then when you go and you interview and you've already made that connection, I've just seen that be so impactful for people that low stakes. When you're in at a open house, they want to get to know you. It's just very informal. And then you've already made that connection when you go for your interview and you can maybe even pull off a conversation or something that you had previously. I just could not emphasize that enough. So, so helpful. And then too, what you just said about getting to know yourself, what you have to offer, that is going to be invaluable to you as you go through CRNA school and you're in clinical and you're communicating with your preceptors. And so that, that, question or those relationships don't stop for school. It also will help you so much as you go through school. Hey, what did I do well today? What can I work on? What are some Mm -hmm. of my shortcomings? What are things I'm doing well? You know, that is awesome. It's going to be so helpful for you to get in that habit before school. And so, yeah, super awesome. That's a great point to point out. You you use the same type of feedback loop with your preceptors and really anyone in your life. So it can go, go full circle and help you. So thank you for pointing that out, Tanner. That's great. Step number three may seem kind of redundant, but it's different. And I want to point out the differences, which is that who do you know? And the reason why I think this is important and don't take it the wrong way, you don't have to know someone, but I do think it's important who you surround yourself with and who's in your world, who's your support system. Um, Because not that you're playing the comparison game, but when you surround yourself with people who are also ambitious, maybe it's not CRNA, but who understand what it means to be ambitious and to have these uh, advanced career goals, you're going to be more likely to be able to achieve it because you're going to have someone who gets it, who who can support you through that. 
And I also think it is important to have someone who is on the same career path because you're going to bounce ideas off each other. You're going to ask each other questions. You're like, when I was preparing for CRNA school that we didn't have CRNA school prep academy back then, but what I, we did utilize was each other. I had a handful of ICU nurses that we had been friends since nursing school. We all wanted to pursue CRNA. We stuck together. We used each other as a resource. We studied together. We interviewed together and we all got in. And so that was incredibly beneficial to have someone else in my corner who was also cheering me on, but I could cheer them on too. Did you guys experience that in your journey? 100%. There, in my ICU, we probably had five or six of us that were applying at the same time. Unfortunately, we all didn't get in. But over the next two years of applying, we all did get in. It just mm-hmm. wasn't at the same time. Yes. But at the same time, we didn't have CRNA School Prep Academy when we were going through this. And this had been a great resource to utilize if I was going through it now. But we used each other to to build each other different advice, et cetera. Just just try to do as much as we could with each other to maximize our chances of getting into school. And it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And the fact that even if you don't get in at the same time, they're not going to forget about you. And actually one of our girlfriends did not get in at the same time. She got in two or three years later, um, but we didn't let her quit. So it was like, she kept getting rejection after rejection. We're like, Donna, you're not quitting. You're going to try one more time. And here, this yeah. is what you have to do. So we, we kind of talked her off the ledge. And, and so even though you might not all get in at the same time, you're not going to be left in the dust. As long as you stay persistent and want this career path, the people who go on before you are only going to help you. It's about building that trust and that relationship early on and really helping in any way possible. So thank you for sharing that, Cole. That's great. Step number four is really just preparedness. And again, sounds like a big blanket statement and it kind of is, but really the biggest key with preparedness is assessing your blind spots. And this is the most frustrating part of the entire CRNA journey because you don't know what you don't know and you think you know, but you don't know because you just don't know what you don't know. It's just so frustrating. But the only way to get this assessment with your blind spots is by getting insight, is by asking the questions, by listening. And so I always tell our students, we do group coaching and there's so much value in group coaching, not, you know, but because you hear from others, you hear other people are struggling with and you hear their solutions, you hear how they they work through them. And there's a lot of value in that. So I think a lot of people focus on them and they don't think about other, what other people are experiencing, but they're not realizing they're missing some gold nuggets because they might not realize that they're in the same boat. (laughs) And, you know, so essentially assessing your own blind spots is a really huge part of being prepared um, and knowing areas that you can work towards improving. We get a lot of students who maybe face rejection. They show back up the next year. They haven't done anything differently. And they just think it was a fluke, that it was a competitive application cycle. And that is a lot of times what they're told, right, by the admissions committee. Well, it was a competitive application cycle, which it is. But if you do nothing, it shows them that you you weren't actively working towards your goal. So you always have to find room to improve. We've had students tell us, well, I aced the interview. My application was top notch. There's no way I did anything wrong. Like this is insanity. How did I not get in? I've done nothing wrong. I I just don't understand. And ultimately that's a huge red flag. It means there's something they're missing. There's some kind of perspective or insight they're missing. They have a blind spot. There is no way that everything was pristine and you didn't get in. It's just, it's not possible. So as much as that's kind of being tough love, and I'm giving you a virtual hug right now and knowing that there is a place to move forward from that, and in the kindest way, in the most empathetic way, there is something that you could improve upon. Um, most of the time, when it's the fact they think their application is top-notch, they've done everything, they take extra courses, they have the GPA, they have everything, it's usually your interview, which is even more of a personal attack. So you're like, ooh, ouch. 
They didn't like me. No, just it's okay. Maybe your interview, maybe they made some assumptions, right? Maybe they had the wrong impression, but maybe that's an active time for you to reflect on your interview skills and how you come across. Maybe you come across as aggressive or um, maybe you come across as like, you know, it all and you don't, you don't take advice well, or you don't take um, teaching well. Right. So, and these are pretty big, huge red flags for the program. We had a student who was in a similar boat. She didn't understand. She thought she did go to the interview, got rejected, and ultimately couldn't figure out why. When someone, one of our coworkers got in with less GPA, less ICU experience, and she got rejected, and she's like, well, I think they disliked him because his personality, he can make jokes, and he's funny, and I'm not. <laughs> like, Hold on. Before you start, you know, let's just take a deep breath. Let's reach out to the program, see if they can give you feedback, and if they can't, we'll go from there. Um, but I said, it's more than likely your interview at this point. So we need to reflect on that piece alone. And so when she did reach out, they luckily did give her feedback. And they said they thought she was going to be unteachable, that she was so sure of herself that she wouldn't be teachable. And I'm like, and she was like, what? That's not me at all. Like, how do they ever interpret that? I have no idea how they interpreted that from what I, and so, but she went on to work on that. She practiced her interview skills and she went on to get in. So I hope that gives you guys hope. (laughs) Yeah. I. it's it's funny to be on I shouldn't say funny. It's interesting to be on this side of the interview process because now when you have students in the OR, like these are all the things that you're looking for, right? Like teachability, able mm. to take feedback, just even just interpersonal communication and being able to communicate quickly during critical situations. And those were all things that I frankly, I, I I didn't know what they were looking for in an interview. And I think that that for me was, was a weak spot on, on my whole process was my interview. And now you get to the other side and you realize the things that they're looking for, you know, might be less about if you knew the exact drug name, if they were asking you a, a question and much more about, you know, are you able to be teachable? Are you able to communicate? Are you able to fit in? Are you able to handle stress? And and so it's it's great that you're able to coach, you know, people as they go through those processes and to be able to self-reflect and look at where they can grow. That would have been invaluable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we all start there. I don't think anyone's perfect in this realm. Um, something called emotional intelligence is huge. And this is a lot to do with knowing who you are, how you handle stress, pressure, and, and how you feel about being wrong. And Like I said, I spoke to as I was younger, Jenny, you know, you take things more personally because it's about who you are versus, well, that's okay. It's it's, part of growth is making mistakes. Part of growth is screwing up and, you know, not feeling bad about who you are because of it, but just knowing that there's another chance, there's a room for improvement, you're going to grow. And and that's actually a very beautiful thing. So seeing downfalls as just room to improve and growth and in ways that you can actually build strength is really just shapes your whole mindset and changes it from feeling bad to feeling excited to go forward. And so that's something to really focus on as well. And yeah, the last thing, step number five, again, seems simple, but it's action. It's taking action. And it's funny because I've been mentoring, we've mentored over 5,000 ICU nurses uh, since 2019, well, 2020. And in this time, I've always, I've said this more than once, and I, I, I would love for you to join Serenity Corp Academy, but if I could leave you with anything that's going to change your life, that's going to allow you to achieve your goals with or without us, right? What I see most of our students need the most is just belief in themselves and the, the belief so much that they actually take action. They have it. They have it already. They have what they, what they need to succeed. 
They just have to be willing to take action because they, they have that belief in themselves that they can do it. And I feel like when we can shift that mindset, that, that framework of, I don't know, what if I don't get in? Should I even try? What have to do all those extra courses? What if I still don't get in? I spend all this time and money doing it. And I still don't get in. It's like, no, no, no. Just you have one answer. You're going to get in. You're going to get in. Believe it, believe it, believe it, which means that all the other obstacles don't are not a big deal. You will get through them because your, your end result is you're going to get in. And if you can shift to think like that, the hurdles that you have to jump just feel like milestones versus hurdles. And so that's the biggest takeaway for step number five. Now, I know there's a lot of other things that we can cover, such as what are the requirements? What do, what do we have to know about getting your BSN degree, for example, as far as different accreditation and different colleges and shadowing and GPA and ICU experience and GRE and CCRN and networking and leadership and application and interview? Ah, if I say it like that, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting a panic attack. So that's why I like the five-step method because yes, all those other 10 things I just mentioned are included in your CRNA journey. But I always say, I tell our students, like, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And so those 10 steps happen over years, not overnight. And I, I think the students that we see that have the most success are the ones who are willing to play the long game the ones who are willing and, and excited about the, the the journey, not the not and the yes, they want the outcome. Everyone wants the outcome, but the journey itself is where the growth happens. That that's the process of becoming a CRNA, going through CRNA school, like you and Cole and Tanner and you and Cole just did. So that process can. Would you guys was it accurate to sum up that you guys are different people now that you're done with CRNA school? Thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no question. Absolutely. Yeah. Our director told us when we first started school, she said, CRNA school is meant to break you down so <laughs> then we can build you back up to mm. be a better and stronger person in the long run. And that was 100% accurate. You get broken down, but then I feel so much better as a provider mm -hmm. now than before. Um, yes. But to go off what you were just saying earlier too, like I know somebody that I was applying with in the ICU took her seven years. Wow. The client and she did not give up. She kept changing things, got feedback each year, kept doing things differently, and she was passionate about it. And I'm so excited to say she just got accepted this last Yay. round. She'll be starting That's in a awesome. few months. But like these things are, are great pieces of advice that Jenny's giving us. So if you are somebody like that that's struggling, I know we don't have a lot of time to go through everything today, but Jenny has so many resources to utilize. So I highly encourage you to go check out her platform. Again, it's CRNA School Prep Academy, but there's just so much more that she has to offer that we can't say in this short time today. But is there anything else, Jenny, that you kind of wanted to add as we kind of close? Yeah, thank you. I mean, you guys, obviously, I, I have a podcast too. It's called Serenity School Prep Academy Podcast. Obviously, it's a really great resource, free resource for you. I never want you to feel like you're alone in this journey. Obviously, Serenity School Prep Academy, we'd be happy to have you. We have three different tiers. We have the Foundations Membership, which is for people who are two to four plus years away from applying. We have our premium program, which is anywhere from one to four plus years from applying. And again, that has like the application, more of the interview styles and preparation and ICU information and uh, knowledge in it. We also have our guarantee program. So if you're anywhere from 12 to 18 months out, we actually, if you get into our guarantee program, acceptance is guaranteed, meaning or your money back. So we invest in you, you're investing in yourselves, and we firmly believe that we can get you into CRNA school. So again, that's another option for you too. It's just a nice way to kind of take that risk away. Um, since I know you're putting that time and effort into doing it, it is a 12 month program, which is why we suggest applicants have at minimum six months prior to applying. 
But again, the prime time is between 12 and 18 months. But if you have only six months prior to applying, we can all we will consider your application. So those are the different options you have. But I would hope to connect with you guys and, and hope you tune into the podcast. And, and thank you, Tanner and Cole, for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Do you want to plug your social? Oh, sure. Yeah. Serenade School Prep Academy, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's just Serenade School Prep Academy everywhere. <laughs> Love it. Jenny, thanks so much for being here. I know we could just speak on like very surface level of everything that you went into and you have so much more to offer. So thanks for taking the time to be with us. I know it'll be invaluable for our listeners who are wanting to know how they can better prepare themselves for CRNA school. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.